Good morning and welcome to my podcast, Unmasking the Issues in Relationships. My name is Felicia Pearson. Morning coffee under Podbean. This is a safe place. This is a comfort room. This is a place and space where you can be yourself. This is a place that will make you think and ask questions. You may hear live interviews. You may just hear about any and everything. Remember, be respectful and tasteful. You have a right to your opinion as well as anybody else. This is a safe room. This is a comfort room. Come on in. Have a seat. Take your shoes off. Grab a glass of wine or a cup of coffee, a drink of your choice, and let's converse. Today we're going to be discussing one of my books, My Plants Pray For Me. And it has a second part to it, which is Relationship Horrors. In this book, you will hear about a group of friends and how tight they were and how close-knit they were. They were thick as thieves. And you're going to read about how they manipulated women, used women. They were narcissists and they were abusers and in order to be in their group and be amongst them you had to agree and you could not say no and what i mean by agreeing could not say no because what they were doing and providing was a lifestyle So, in the book of Relationship Horrors, that the young men, they were wealthy, they had great careers, they had a lot of money, um, they did it the legal way, they invested their monies into properties. So, they met this young lady and they went out to dinner, it was a group of 10 of them. 10 guys and 10 girls and one young man brought another young lady with him and he told her to have her seat and prior to he had purchased her a vehicle and she was super excited about it she never met nobody that bought her anything that expensive that nice and he explained to her at the dinner amongst 20 people 10 of his best friends and other women that they voted into the group and in the group how they voted the ladies in they provided money for college money for houses money for their kids to go to school um, clothes cars whatever they all put in jointly to provide for whoever needed So he saw that she had a need for a car and he presented it. They grouply purchased it 
and he gave it to her. And he explained to her at dinner that you can go on nice trips, have beautiful clothes, lots of money, but in order to have this lifestyle, you may have to sleep with one or two of us or three of us. You may have to sleep as a group. You may have to do whatever we tell you to do. You're going to have to be ready to answer your phone at all times of the night. And if you get a call and say, be ready, I have a dinner to go to, I need an escort, you have to be ready for any and everything. And the young ladies at the table, they expressed, you know, they were in agreement with it. So she had to make up her mind right then and there, is that the lifestyle for her? So she thought about it. She pondered on it for a few minutes and she agreed. So in that story, it shows you how close-knit and how tight they were. But amongst them all, it was a deceiver in it. So one of the main characters' name is Andre. And he has a best friend, and they do everything together. And a part of the agreement was, between the 10 best friends, you can sleep with any and everybody. If they met a girl at night, and Andre slept with him, and he liked her, he could sleep with her the same night. You just could not sleep with anybody's wife or potential wife. I'm not going to tell a good part about it. Somebody crossed the line. Somebody did something. And out of doing that, something else happens. It's a super great story. I need you guys to look for it. Check it out. It's coming out real soon. I'm making it my job to share pieces and parts. I promise you it's going to have you on edge. It's a lot of action. This is a nonfiction book. You are going to really like it because it's real, authentic, uncut, and is raw. And I want you to guys look for it, search for it until it come out. Even if you guys can be one of the first ones to purchase it, I would be super happy. Um, it's called Relationship Horrors. Is the second part to my plants pray for me in my book my plants pray for me somebody asked me and say why did you end the story the way that you ended it and the way that i ended my plants pray for me i left it at a pause i left it at suspense i left it at what happened next? I left it to the part of the reader to want to thirst and look for the rest of the book. Which this last part was, it was serious, it was deep, it was the end of my, end of the book of my pains paid for me. It was like really like, a lot of stuff going on 
a lot of things happening and it was just like real life it was like moving quick moving fast and the excitement having you on edge saying wow i didn't believe that was going to happen but it did and if you do not get the first book and you decide to buy the second book you will understand the story but you will not get the fullness of the story and the first book keeps you on edge which is my plans pray for me as well as relationship horrors and within the book my plans pray for me give you an insight on how I was enlightened to write relationship horrors and in that you will hear people's stories on a party bus a group of women and not that don't get me wrong that they were men bashing they were not men bashing they were telling their experience they were sharing their encounter they were seeking um information from other women to say okay i went through this and hoping and praying that somebody say oh i went through that too and i handled it this way or i did this that away or i called this number and that listening to somebody else's um relationship horrors can really impact you to help you to make the next best decision or it can make you make the best wrong decision and as you move forward in life always always i tell you guys always to next your next move has to always be your best move is like chess your next move gotta be greater than your last move and on this party bus that's what they were looking for was information even though they're sitting down they're, they're drinking they're laughing but it's like um i can be myself i'm with my friends and family i can ask a question and that's where i had it at because sometimes it depends on where you at and who you with that you can only ask certain people certain things. You cannot go on and ask everybody everything because just like your mom and your dad will tell you, it's a time and a place for everything. It's the moment. Sometimes you have to wait on it. Wait on that moment. Wait on that second. Wait on that certain person that you think that may have that wisdom, that knowledge, that encouragement, that enlightenment, that revelation that will give you the answer. So basically, in relationship horrors, that's the women that you hear from that you're going to run into. And you're going to hear a young man in the book as well tell his story, how he's given his all and he was played for a fool. But he's going to share it at another part in the book, not on the bus. Um, it was a girl's night in the book of relationship horrors. And it just was supposed to be three best friends. And two of the best friends got dropped off by a boyfriend. And the boyfriend decided, like, y'all cooking and y'all have drinks. And, you know, I'm staying. And they're like, okay, we'll let you stay. But it really is supposed to be a girl's night. 
And so he was like, oh, so I won't feel alone. Let me call my best friend. So he calls his best friend and he comes over and now it's like, we have a party. So they sit down at the table. Um, they play Truth or Dare. And they were daring one to tell a story. And if it sounds real or sounds fake, um, and there's a dare in there. And one young lady, she tells a story. Her name is Jennifer. And I, I tell you guys, you have to look for this book. I promise you, you will not be sorry. I promise and guarantee you that you will tell somebody else about this book. And somebody will tell somebody else. And somebody will tell somebody else that, yo, you got to check this out. You have to hear this. You have to read this. So... In this book, one of the characters' name is Jennifer's. Um, she tells a story how she got into being a high-priced prostitute, and she was seeing how her mother always had um, a lot of guys coming in the house, through the house. Um, her mother like had a lot of money, um, drove, drove nice cars, all this stuff. So it was the lifestyle that she was. Um, viewing is the image that she saw all her life growing up and when she got a certain age she started filling out and even at 13 she looked at like a woman she had breasts and she had a big butt and you know long beautiful hair and long lashes nothing about this woman was fake it was all real from 13 up and when men saw her, they thought that this was a grown woman. So one day, her mom was like, you know, you need to go to work. And she was like, I'm too young to have a job. And she was like, no, you're not too young to have a job. So the young lady sitting at the table having a drink. She's telling her story. And she was saying that she would wear big clothes because... She knew she had a figure. She wore big clothes and sweatpants and stuff because she knew she had big breasts. And she didn't want anybody to see it. So one day her mom prostituted her off and just kept doing it. And eventually at her, she didn't agree to do it. It was kind of forced onto her. And after doing it, she adapted into the environment that she was in because she was stuck in an environment that she could not get out. And she shared to say, if you look at me in the book, nothing that I wear is fake. Everything is high price. And the, the cars I drive is nice. And the men who pick me up is nice. And the money and this, that, and the other. And she goes in to say how she doesn't have any kids because she didn't want to bring any kids into this lifestyle. And wanted them to experience this lifestyle that she has experienced. And one of the um, characters around the table say, I knew you was a high-priced whore. You look like one. You smell like one. You act like one. And which is not a bad thing. And she was the only child. And they told her, say, listen, that's your lifestyle. And we love you to death. If anybody do anything to you or anything happens to you, make sure you call us. We got your back. Because in this book, 
they expressed to her that even though it was the truth of there, that somebody inflicted something onto you as a child and put you in a situation that you needed not to be in. And now that you're in this situation, you're not in it alone. And so it's kind of like they gave her the, the yellow light. If you want to get out, we're here. If somebody hurts you, we're here. If somebody put their hands on you or mistreat you, we are here and you're not in it alone and you do not have to live this lifestyle anymore. This is Morning Coffee under Podbean. This is Unmasking the Issues in Relationships. This is a preview hearing of upcoming books that will be on the market soon. This is me giving you guys a taste of Unmasking the Issues in Relationships, which is presenting my plants pray for me that's with a twist of relationship horrors that give you a smooth sensation into four love is like water the number four is love is like water i'm telling you guys i promise you you will not be dissatisfied you will read the first book and you would want to share it or pass it on to somebody else because in this book is a message in this book is a key to life and I tell you guys all the time I will give you a key to survival when I say a key to life a key to survive from this day to the next day and if you can keep on using that key to open different doors in your spiritual life, in your real life, to open this, use this key to open up the decision making, um, good business deals. Use these keys. And relationship horror is kicking off and sharing deep stories of people wanting to share. And have you ever been in a position, and I'm going to say this, that you wanted to share something with somebody, but you was too scared to share it, and that you were scared that they were going to judge you, or dislike you, or not deal with you anymore, after they heard what you said, and you ponder on it, and you slept on it, and you thought about it over and over, but it was so heavy on your heart, like a burden, and you really wanted to tell a certain person, but you did not trust them enough with you or the information because you felt like you were too valuable to just give that to any and everybody. And it's like, when you put your finger on your chin and say, hmm, can I trust you with the information I'm about to share with you? Can I trust you not to tell nobody? Can I trust you not to share with nobody? Can I trust you not to judge me and love me authentically like you've been loving me before I told you what I told you? 
Have you ever been there? Have you ever thought about wanting to share something with your mother and your father and you were too scared to share it? Because you were scared they was going to stop liking you, stop loving you, stop caring for you, may put you out, wouldn't feed you anymore. And you thought about it and thought about it. It was so heavy on your heart that you wound up going over to your aunt or your uncle's house and telling them so they can tell your parents. That's how heavy it was. This is a non-judgment room. This is a secret conversation that you can have at any time. This is morning coffee under popping. This is unmasking the issues in relationships. Have you ever wanted to share some information with a certain somebody and you were too scared that they would judge you or look at you differently or stop dealing with you or even stop liking you or share your information with somebody else and betrayed you this is morning coffee under pie beans this is unmasking the issues in relationships do me a favor turn the lights out put your glass on the table and don't forget your shoes